Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Samson. Nothing personal. Word of the day is Samson. I'm spelling it for you. S-A-M-P-S-O-N. That's the word of the day. If you're keeping track of the 207th word of the day, Samson. Oh my, that makes me insane. My name is David P. David Phillip. David Phillip Samson. S-A-M-S-O-N. Say whatever you want about me, but spell my damn name right. But Samson's the word of the day because yesterday was a day that I won't soon forget for myriad reasons. It's a day that there were serious, serious issues that had to be addressed and that hopefully will continue to be addressed. And we're going to talk about as many of them as we can. But then all of a sudden, nighttime came and there was a lot of activity around the Mets-Marlins game scheduled for last night. I was very surprised two nights ago when the Mets and Marlins played after the Brewers had decided not to play. I was upset that there was a lack of unanimity and response league-wide by Major League Baseball. And I knew that the next day teams were going to make up for that, and they did. Now, one team who played the night the Brewers took off, which would have been Wednesday night. None of them played last night. The only teams who played last night were the teams who didn't play the night before. So the Mets and Marlins had not postponed their game officially. There had been no talk. Is it going to be postponed? Is it not going to be postponed? The players were talking to each other. All of a sudden, out of nowhere... I'm minding my own business, and I get a DM from one of you, a listener to Nothing Personal, who DMs, and I do look at them, sometimes not when they come, but I really do look at them, and someone said, you won't believe this video of Brody Van Wagenen. Brody Van Wagenen is the GM of the Mets, a long-time Foil of nothing personal, completely incompetent, former agent, not long for this job. He was caught on video, apparently, criticizing Rob Manford for Rob Manford's leadership of Major League Baseball. And he was doing it in what he thought was a private conversation with two people where he was impugning Rob's leadership as commissioner because Rob had suggested that the players take the field at 710, leave the field in a show of protest, and then come back at 810 and play the game because rescheduling is going to be so difficult. Brody said that Rob has no leadership. He just doesn't get it. And the mic was hot. 
he was in a press conference room and the mics were on. So the video gets sent to me and I assumed that the video, that it was one of those things, because you know I've told you the story, when I was purportedly caught on video saying things, and it wasn't me, it was a fake. So Coca's taught me, you better call me before you do anything. So I said, Coca, I got it. here's this video. We, is this real? So Coca does what Coca does, which is what only Coca can do, along with anyone who's Coca's age who knows what they're doing, though Coca does it better. And we get word, I get word that, no, this is real. And then I get better word. Not only is the video real, but the video was discovered by some random 20-year-old on the Mets' own website. The Mets themselves posted a video that was what we would call the clean feed, meaning it had everything in it. No commercials were put in. There were no ads put in. It was literally from when people walked in a room to when people left the room. It had not been edited. I used to think that would make sense. That should be called the dirty feed. But no, it's actually called the clean feed. So the Mets released a video on their website. In the video, you can faintly hear Brody Van Wagenen saying, yeah, Rob's not a leader. He just doesn't get it. All of a sudden, the video went viral. People losing their minds. And I tweeted, game over, Brody's done. I had no idea that this would get the attention that it got. Because, listen, hot Mike, it's not like he said anything so outrageous. But I knew that the Wilpons, owners of the Mets, and Rob would not be able to let this stand. The way it works in baseball when you're an owner is that when something happens that calls into question your leadership or your employees do something where you have a chance to look bad to other owners because owners care about not looking bad to other owners or looking bad to the commissioner, which the Wilpons can, cannot right now have any problem with the commissioner. And the reason why the Wilpons cannot have any problem with the commissioner is the commissioner, for all intents and purposes, is in charge of the sale of the team. The Mets are selling. They're due to be sold. Final bids are due on Monday. The new owners of the Mets will be taking over, in theory, for next season, starting at the end of this season. And Rob is the one who you work with to get the 23 votes to approve the sale so you can get your money and be done with the Mets. So you cannot run afoul of Rob Manford. And Rob does not take kindly to that level of criticism, being told that he's not a leader, being told that he doesn't like baseball, doesn't like those things. So I said to myself, here's exactly what they're doing right now. They're working on statements because Rob Manford has got to find a way to separate himself. He's going to call Wilpon and say, listen, here's what Brody did if you didn't know. And here's what you have to do. You have got to give me separation. So Brody Van Wagenen came out with a statement that was so bad, so bad. He walked back his own statement from a hot mic from his own mouth. He said he was wrong, Brody. It wasn't Rob who came up with the idea for the teams to leave the field at 7-10 and come back at 8-10. It 
was Jeff Wilpon. His boss came up with that idea that was never going to be accepted by the players. He threw his boss under the bus. And if you know his boss, like I know his boss, that is a location he does not want and will not ever stand to be. So Brody does the statement that says, listen, I didn't mean to say that about Rob. I was totally wrong. I don't feel that about Rob. I thought Rob had that idea. And I was just trying to say that was a bad idea. But now I know that wasn't Rob's idea. It was actually Jeff's idea. But no matter whose idea it was, it wasn't going to happen. But I got to tell you, Rob's a great guy. And I got to apologize to the commissioner for being disrespectful. I inaccurately described the contents of his private conversation with Jeff Wilpon. That's the best statement Brody Wagoning could come up with? Throwing Jeff Wilpon under the bus and saying I didn't properly gossip to two people in the room when I said to them, by the way, don't tell anyone, keep this between the three of us, but Rob's not a good leader. Brody, does that mean you came up with that only because Rob had that idea? That before Rob had the idea of the players leaving the field at 7-10 and coming back at 8-10, you thought Rob was a great leader. But then in the comfort of your own Zoom room where you thought that no one was listening, you said to these two nameless, faceless people, hey, just between the three of us, don't say anything, but Rob just doesn't get it. He's not a good leader. Ah, I get it, Brody. I get it. You are talking about he just doesn't get this situation regarding player protests and social injustice and systemic racism. Is that what you mean he doesn't get? Or he doesn't get the fact that the players said they didn't want to play like he intellectually didn't understand that. Is that what you mean, Brody? Brody, you're so full of it that it was leaking out of your ears. It was leaking out of your ears. But the way that the commissioner and the Wilpons decided to deal with it is that Jeff Wilpon would be the one who was clueless and tried to get the players to play when they didn't want to play. Rob Manford could not under any circumstance be viewed as a commissioner who in any way would do anything other than support the players because he saw what Adam Silver was doing. Adam Silver is bending over frontwards to make sure that he is listening to players and respecting what players want to do. So Rob Manford got the advice from his PR guy. You better do a statement, Rob, because this thing is V-I-R-A-L. And so he did. And here's what he said. Over the past two days, players on a number of clubs have decided not to play games. I have said both publicly and privately, obviously referring to any conversation he's had with any league executives or GMs, that I respect those decisions and support the need to address social injustice. Now here it comes. He buried the lead, L-E-D-E. I have not attempted in any way to prevent players from expressing themselves by not playing, nor have I suggested any alternative form of protest to any club, personnel, or any player. Any suggestion to the contrary is wrong. Mic drop. Rob does a statement saying, whatever Brody said that he thinks that I said, I definitely didn't say. But before you make a judgment, I'm going to make sure that Fred and Jeff Wilpon do their own statement, both supporting me and saying that it was definitely not me who said it, that it was you who said it. Hello, Fred. Here's what you got to do. 
I know what's going on. I know you're pissed and embarrassed. So am I. You're going to have to do a statement. I want two separate ones, one from you, one from Jeff. When you give your statement, I want you to say you love me. You care about me. We're good friends. You support me unequivocally. Then I need Jeff. I know I like playing golf with him. I know I like him and we socialize, but I need Jeff to say that this was Jeff. You got that? Get the statement written and get it out tonight. Jeff, this is Fred. Son, get these statements written and get them out. Akshav, now. And so they came. The double statement. The double fister from the New York Metropolitans. First from Fred Wilpon. I am very stressed and disappointed to learn tonight that our GM, Brody Van Wagenen, made disrespectful and inaccurate comments about our commissioner, a longtime close friend of mine. I hold Rob in the highest regard, and in no way are Brody's remarks reflective of my views or the organization's. Rob continues to be a great leader of Major League Baseball. I apologize for any harm this incident has caused Rob. Do you think Rob saw that statement before it went out? I'll bet you a dollar. You want to bet? Jeff Wilpon, to clear up any misunderstandings, it was my suggestion to potentially look into playing the game later because of scheduling issues. Brody's misunderstanding of of a private conversation was and is inexcusable. I don't know how a misunderstanding is inexcusable. I guess you're just saying he's stupid. Just say he's stupid. Brody's lack of intelligence is inexcusable given his education or what at least appears on his resume. That would have been a good line in the statement. Why the hell is the word of the day, Samson? Because in the statement that the Mets released from Fred Wilpon, the chairman of the board and CEO, from Jeff Wilpon, the COO, they spelled their own GM's name wrong. They spelled it twice, B-R-O-D-Y. And his name is B-R-O-D-I-E. Oh, my God. The incompetence of the New York Mets. And I love Fred Wilpon. I do have great respect for him. And it's hard when you are an octogenarian and an owner and your son is running the team. I'm very familiar with those circumstances. It can be hard. Things can happen that you don't know about, that you don't control. You count on your son to take care of things, to make things right, to not make mistakes. The incompetence is staggering. That someone in the PR department who will be fired today and will never know about it because you won't know his or her name, they will just no longer have a job. Whoever transcribed the statement onto stationery, whether they work for the Mets, whether they may work for Sterling Equities, which is the real estate arm of the Wilpon family. Whoever did that is gone because for whatever reason, there are people in the media saying that the Mets did it to MF Brody, to get him, to get him. They spelled his name wrong. That's insane. It's not true. It's simple, mere incompetence. 
if you are working for an organization and you are asked to release something publicly and there are names in a statement that you don't know, and I'm giving a huge benefit of the doubt here, that whoever released these statements had never heard of Brody Van Wagenen. You go on the Google web and you find out how to spell a name. You don't misspell a name. The number of times that people say, hey, hashtag, so you want to talk to Samson? S-A-M-P-S-O-N. I don't know. Do you? I don't know who that is. It's not me. I love you, Samson. No, you don't. You don't even know my name. Dear Mr. Samson, I want a job. Really? Well, you're not getting one because you can't even spell my name right. It makes me crazy when people spell my name incorrectly. It's not hard. We can all be found on the worldwide Google. Brody Van Wagenen, name spelled wrong. Mets incompetent. Word of the day, Samson. Statements left and right, literally left and right, overshadowing what was way more important, which is the statement that the Mets and Marlins made by taking the field at 710, standing there for 42 seconds to honor Jackie Robinson and walking off the field. No one's talking about that. They're talking about Brody Van Wagenen and the absolute dumpster fire that is the New York Mets. The NBA has continued to get things right. When you listen to yesterday's Nothing Personal, I'm hopeful that you didn't take away that I was being solely critical of the Milwaukee Bucks and not giving them any credit because that's not what I was trying to do. I wanted to be critical of the way in which they did what they did by not communicating with other members of their union or their front office, but complimentary of taking a stand and of leading that charge, and of taking action. It has presented an incredible situation where the murder of George Floyd didn't do it. That created slogans on jerseys, slogans on the court. The shooting of Jacob Blake has created actual, tangible action items by many people who had not taken action before. The NBA players were deciding whether or not they were going to play. We thought they may not. I knew they would. You knew they would. They woke up and they decided to. Adam Silver has been truly perfect in this regard. Understanding his role. And today... He released a joint statement with the Players Association. Imagine what I just said. Imagine that in MLB. The only joint statements they ever do are when people test for COVID as part of their COVID protocols. A joint statement. And that joint statement talked about the fact that the NBA will return to play on Saturday, August 29th. And it went through actual items that the NBA and its players are doing. What I loved about it is that 
They are forming a social justice coalition. Forming coalitions to me is fine. What are they going to do? That's more important. They are going to work with team governors to make sure that all arenas become locations to be used for the 2020 general election, whether they become ballot places, COVID safe places, whether they become sort of safe havens, places where people can go. They're going to offer advertising spots to promote civic engagement and awareness. They are taking tangible steps the NBA is, and it's all the players wanted to do, starting with the Bucks calling the lieutenant governor and the attorney general. Tangible steps to change the world, not just talking about it, not just saying I'm going to give $10 million. I'll get back to you when I let you know which organizations, when some of them could be absolute frauds. So Adam Silver got together, and instead of just saying we're playing basketball again tomorrow, in the statement, he talked about, in addition to playing basketball, what we're doing. And the reason why that's so critical in my mind is that there was a point on Wednesday night where the message had a chance to go off the rails, where the desire of the NBA players to effectuate change could have been thwarted by disagreements between players. So a story came out, and I want to explain how these meetings work. There is a union, you know that, and there are owners. The owners are represented by a commissioner. The unions are represented by executive directors. In baseball, it's Tony Clark. In basketball, it's Michelle Roberts. Her name has been mentioned on the show. She has a big job. She works with a council of players the same way Tony Clark does. The NBA Council of Players is led by Chris Paul with Andre Iguodala as his VP and other player reps, much like in baseball, there are union reps. Michelle Roberts' job, as you heard yesterday, was to tell these players, you want to leave the bubble? Okay, here's what's going to happen if you do. What we found out is that during the meeting, when she started talking truth and pragmatically to the players, a guy on the Clippers, his name is Patrick Beverly, a player who I believe, Coca, is he one of the players who had left the bubble? I can't remember. I think there were three Clippers. I know there was the Lou Williams incident. No, Patrick Beverly is not. So he is, uh, oh, he was the player who just was hurt, but now he's back playing. I knew Lou Williams was one of them. I couldn't remember the other two. So Patrick Beverly stood up in the middle of a meeting. So what happens is Michelle Roberts takes the floor of this meeting and the meeting is run by Michelle Roberts. Picture all the players sitting in a room and she stands up and starts talking after the players had really been upset with each other. Remember, the players were upset with the Bucs, including LeBron was upset with the Bucs, not because that they didn't play, because they didn't communicate. So Michelle Roberts stands up and says, here's the amount of money you will lose if you don't play. Patrick Beverly interrupts her and says, I disagree with your logic. Roberts responded by saying, I don't know what you could disagree with. My job is to give you information. Your job is to make decisions. My job is to support your decisions, both publicly 
and with the owners of the National Basketball Association and the commissioner. Roberts explained that I'm giving you the possible losses that owners will have if there's no continuation of the playoffs and how those losses will bleed to the salary cap and will then bleed to you. Beverly didn't accept that as a response. He interrupted and Roberts did something that only someone who's confident about her job would do, or it doesn't matter if it's a her or a he or a we or a they or a him or an us. She said, man, could you stop interrupting me? And Patrick Beverly, according to sources, actually said this. He said, no, I pay your salary. That's really the end for me. Luckily, players stood up, including Udonis Haslam and Chris Paul, and they said, hey, Patrick, sit the hell down. Don't you ever talk to Michelle that way again. Don't you dare do exactly what we are protesting now to have stop. We're not just protesting violence. We are protesting systemic racism, social injustice. When you stand up and say to someone, no, you can't talk, I pay your salary. How would you feel, NBA players, Patrick Beverly specifically, if you wanted to say something in your owner, white or black, Michael Jordan or Mickey Arison, said, sit down, don't interrupt me. Why? Because I pay your salary. Game over. Patrick Beverly was put in his place. It is critical when you are taking on social causes that you recognize that what you're really asking for, when you really, if we bear it down, you want to be treated equally. You want to have the ability to live your life in a way where you are not judged by your color, by your job, by your wealth, by your fame, by your poverty, by anything. Equal. Patrick Beverly made a big mistake. Michelle Roberts handled it perfectly. But Chris Paul and Udonis Haslam standing up, that made the other players realize that we are unified right now. And we are unified because we are going to make these owners, we're going to make them have tangible efforts And as a league, we are going to do more than we've done. We're going to do more than wear slogans. Do you know one of the only players who doesn't have a slogan on his back? You know it from nothing personal, LeBron James. His actions speak louder than jerseys. Well, the NBA is back. I'm super excited that I'll get to watch games, but I'm way more excited, way more excited that there's an opportunity right now for the NBA to be the lead sport here in finally, and it's appropriate they would be, in finally changing this country. Later on in this show, we're going to announce some winners of some giveaways. We are going to talk about what happened in Baltimore. And of course, we've got a movie to review. We'll be right back. 
Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome back. I want to review a movie that was suggested to me, and I'm happy to say it. It was suggested to me by my mother. Thank you, Mom. I'm always looking for movies. If you've got suggestions, send them my way. Whether you're following me on Twitter at David P. Sampson, on Instagram at David P. Sampson, S-A-M-S-O-N. The P is between the D and the S. David P. Sampson. Downloading this pod. We've got a mailbag pod that's going to drop next week sometime end of month. Thank you for rating, reviewing, for everything you're doing. The movie she suggested I see is called Lean on Pete. I'd never heard of Lean on Pete. I watched it. Lean on Pete stars Steve. uh, I love him and I can't say his last name. Steve Buscemi and Charlie Plummer. It is about a little boy who becomes orphaned and ends up having a tremendous relationship with a horse. It's not like the horse whisperer. Steve Buscemi plays a horse trainer. Not a good guy, but a good guy. Not a good guy, but a good guy. At a role that only Steve Buscemi could play. He's perfect in it. It is a very subtle movie. It is worth your time. Why? Because when you feel as though that you have no choices and no chances, and you feel as though the world has made it so that your lot in life is permanent. It's not. It doesn't mean if you're poor, you're going to be rich. It doesn't mean if you're rich, you're going to be poor. It doesn't mean if you're unhappy, you're going to be happy all the time, or if you're happy that you have a chance to be unhappy some of the time, most of the time, none of the time, or all of the time. What it means is that the hope in our society is that you have the right to control what you do tomorrow, how you react to a situation tomorrow. And that's what this movie is about. Charlie Plummer's a young boy and he's stuck in situations where he's got to react. It's about how he reacts and what that does for him and his life. A fascinating movie. Thank you for the recommendation. If you can check it out, It's one of the better movies I've seen in a long time. It's called Lean on Pete. Okay, we haven't done a pick of the day in in a while. I want to get to that briefly to tell you that our record is 10 and 9. We had the Lakers over the Trailblazers. They did not play. We obviously didn't do a pick yesterday. Today is Jackie Robinson Day. MLB is celebrating that. And I want to shout out to the Marlins. For those of you who think I criticize them all the time, I don't, only when it's worthy of being criticized. The Marlins donated today, announced a donation of $420,000 in honor of Jackie Robinson Day. 42 is his number, obviously. I think it's something that is critical. They are a minority. Derek Jeter, obviously, is is a front-facing public face of the team as, as a black man, as well as Michael Hill, their president of baseball operations. And I think it's critical that they took a stand and our leadership in that way. Mike Hill, as you know, is a leader. You may not know the things he does because he doesn't do it for PR. He does it because it's right. The Marlins are back home after having not played in New York last night, and they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are the story of the season for me. 
they're right now in first place in the AL East. What you may not know about the Tampa Bay Rays is that we spend all the time complaining about the Yankees and the fact that the Yankees are a team suffering from myriad injuries. Aaron Judge was hurt, would then back off the injured list, played, got hurt again, back on the injured list. Aaron Judge has a real problem, and the Yankees have a real problem with what to do with Aaron Judge. But a team that's hurt as much as the Yankees is the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm going to argue they're hurt more. They have had more pitching injuries. They've had more guys go down to Tommy John. They have suffered more depth injuries than any team. And they have a payroll the size of the Marlins. It's teensy tiny because they have no revenue. Somehow, they are better at their job than anyone else. And the Rays find ways to win with players you've never heard of. They made a trade with the Marlins. They got two pitchers from the Marlins. One of them actually is now hurt, but he was closing games. The, the Tampa Bay Rays have had 10 different players save games for them. They don't need a closer. Rays over the Marlins is my pick of the day. Okay, I want to talk about Baltimore right now. I spend a lot of time on the show going through statements, and I talk about them and criticize them because they're ordinary They're not well thought out. Their grammar may be wrong. Their spelling may be wrong. They're really full of it because they're not saying what they should say. It's really just a bunch of horse hockey. But in the NFL yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens released a statement. And for me, in my, what's been 20 years since I got into sports, 21 years, I've never seen a statement like this. And I want to give it the time it deserves. The Baltimore Ravens, not provoked, not because there was some hot mic situation, not because their players had not decided not to practice or had decided to practice or they missed a game, they didn't miss a game. The leaders of the Ravens, with yet another example of racial discrimination, excuse me, how'd you like that? with yet another example of racial discrimination with the shooting of Jacob Blake and the unlawful abuse of peaceful protesters, we must unify as a society. It is imperative that all people, regardless of race, religion, creed, or belief, come together to say enough is enough. Sounds like an ordinary statement, but they continue. It's time to accept accountability and acknowledge the ramifications of slavery and racial injustice. That sounds normal to me. Everyone says it's time to accept accountability. This is your average ordinary statement. And then, though we cannot right all the wrongs of our country's history, we can. This can't be true. Are they about to say we can with a colon, which means not we may. They're saying they can do it, so they're going to do it. Though we cannot right all the wrongs of our country's history, we can, colon, One, arrest and charge the police officers responsible for Breonna Taylor's killing and the shooting of Jacob Blake. That's not what we can do. There are people in charge who could do that. But as an owner or a player, you can't, but you can ask for it. Two, we can demand that Senator Mitch McDonald bring the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor for vote. We can demand that Senator Mitch McConnell end qualified immunity, require body cameras, ban chokeholds, and no-knock warrants. 
hold police accountable in court, establish a framework to prohibit racial profiling at federal, state, and local levels. Yes, you can. That doesn't guarantee that it will happen. But you can send emails. You can have a phone bank set up that calls Mitch McConnell's office every second of every day until Mitch McConnell does what you want him to do. And if he doesn't, you can spend millions of dollars of your money to get him out of office to support someone to run against him. Yes, you can do that. The Ravens continued, we can support state and federally mandated CALEA accreditation and national standards of care and policing. Yes, you can. Tell me how, but you can. And they went on. We can encourage everyone to engage in the political process by registering to vote. And they gave the website of how to vote. We can demand prison sentencing reform that is fair and equitable. Yes, you can. We can encourage every citizen to act with respect and compliance when engaging with the police. We will use our platform to drive change now, not just for our generation, but for the generations that follow, for our sons and daughters and for their children. That's a statement. But can it get better? Yes, it can. What the Ravens have done is set a new level of what teams will do. We had a level here on Nothing Personal where we agreed that we were going to donate $1,000 a day to different organizations. We could do more, more money, more engagement. We could say where we want that $1,000 to have gone to a different organization instead of just giving to the general fund, not really knowing. We could have said we're going to be activists and we're going to start calling politicians and trying to support people who are running against politicians who represent everything that we would stand in the middle of the county square and raise our hands and raise our voices against. Everyone can do more. What the Ravens have done is set up a roadmap that is going to hold them accountable. As Ravens fans, as NFL fans, as people, hold the Ravens accountable to follow up on these items. How are they going to do what they say they're going to do in this statement? It's simply phenomenal. I wish I could end the show on that, but I can't. Because we had a So You Want to Talk to Samson that has to be addressed today, Coca. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. And I said to Coca before the show, I want you to play that because it is people coming into Twitter and Instagram and asking me questions. And that is from a movie that's half baked. And man, our world acts as though they are fully baked all the time these days. But the question was a serious one. Do you think the owner of the Utah Major League Soccer team will be forced to sell? Here's what's happening around sports at the moment. There are owners who are racist. That's just a fact. There are people who are racist. There are now players and fans who believe and would like owners who do not have their views to be forced to sell. 
I don't know that that's called the cancel culture. I call it that it is the intolerant culture. I've been very clear here on this show. You may not share my views, but I respect your right to have those views. I don't respect your right to be a racist, but I do respect your right to be a Democrat or a Republican. I view and respect and respect your view to have a different view of mine than I may have on immigration. Or I may have a different view on any sort of Israel issues or economic issues than you, than you have. On tax issues. Government size issues. You may be able to say I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I've never told you what I am because I don't call, I don't label myself. I'm the they, them of political views. I cannot be given a label. There is one thing I would not and will not tolerate, and that is racism. You cannot make an owner sell because you think that owner has donated money to the Trump campaign or that owner shows up at the White House or that owner believes in something you don't believe in. No, no, no. But when it comes to racism, ask Marge Schott. When, although she's dead, you can't. Ask Donald Sterling. There is a chance that when you are racist, you can be forced to sell. Now, what's going on? It's a team called Real Salt Lake. It's in Utah. It's owned by a man named Del Loy Hansen. I kid you not, that's his full name. Del Loy Hansen. Del Loy Hansen took over the team years ago. Utah was playing Los Angeles and they decided not to play. As you recall, all of MLS did not play on Wednesday night. They got their act together in a way that another league didn't. Hansen went public and expressed his dissatisfaction with his own team, with his own players' actions, saying not playing is a sign of disrespect, and it makes me question how much I want to invest in this team. He talked about the profound disappointment that there was no game, that the spirit of Real was abandoned. He talked about all the preparation he made to host a game in this era of COVID. It was the first home game after Utah had been in the bubble. The preparation during the COVID era, but we were able to create this sense of community where people could come. And obviously we failed because people didn't come. He said that by not playing, the players were not supporting the local community or the club. OMG, did he get hammered. And it was immediate and it was strong. There was a call for him to immediately sell the team. The Major League Soccer Players Association released a statement saying the allegations concerning Delroy Hansen are sickening. The Major League Soccer Players Association calls upon Major League Soccer to immediately suspend Hansen and conduct a thorough investigation. If the allegations are substantiated, he must be forced to sell the team. Don Garber, the commissioner of Major League Soccer, had to speak up as well. And he had to acknowledge Delroy Hansen and what he's done in Utah because he's really responsible for its growth, both men's and women's soccer. He's done a lot for youth soccer as well. But then he had to say 
that he strongly disagreed with the comments made today by Hansen and the way those comments were expressed. Of course, page one of the playbook, those comments do not reflect the views of MLS. This is a time for all of us to work together in the pursuit of racial equality and social justice and Major League Soccer and all of its clubs will continue to support and create initiatives that enact real change. Well, Deloy Hansen is not going to be forced to sell his team. He's not going to be suspended. But he did realize that he was on the wrong side of history. So he took to the microphone and he said, I better start apologizing. And so he did. He said on a radio station that he owns, by the way, he said he felt a little remorse today. He said, there's a lot of pain in our society. And I love Utah and the Real family of players, fans, and sponsors. We've suffered a lot and grown a lot together. And I'd like to take a minute after pondering the sides to this question. There are two sides. And I sincerely apologize to all being felt or heard or believed that I personally do not see the purpose of the Black Lives Matter movement because I do. He had to walk back his statement in a way that was clumsy because it wasn't through a statement. And on this show, I tell you that sometimes statements are clumsy. But if you think about them, you have the right crisis PR people and you have the right crisis PR plan. You can make your statement work and you can actually change the narrative about yourself. But when this owner, I guarantee over objection of any of his advisors, got in his own radio station to deliver an apology where he said, after pondering a lifetime of how I've always been, I pondered overnight and realized that my business was in jeopardy, that my ownership was in jeopardy. So I spent a night of pondering and it occurred to me that I don't actually feel the way that I felt my entire life. Or I feel slightly differently, but I have to express to you that I feel completely differently. And the reason I've got to feel completely differently is that I'm in danger. And what's the danger that Deloy Hansen could actually be in? Say it with me as we end what may be a very historic week. Mr. Hansen, you're right. What's in danger is your business. It's nothing personal. Hello? Hello? You still here? I hope so. I hope you listened to that entire show because we've got a winner to announce. Remember we said that we would say if you reviewed after we got to a thousand reviews on Apple, you've done it, you've rated, you've reviewed, keep doing it because we'll give one away every thousand. When we get to 2000, we'll do it again. You're going to get a gift from nothing personal and we picked a winner randomly and in order to get it, you got to DM Coca on Twitter. Find him. If you don't have Twitter, find me. Congratulations to A. Rossman. A. Rossman, you are the winner. Thank you for reviewing. Get us your address and we will send you something. That's it. You can go now. This really is the end of the show. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.